Hey everybody, welcome back to the Active Dads Podcast. Hope everybody had a nice couple of months in our absence. So unfortunately, we had some life events getting in the way, work, kids, drama, good stuff, everything in between. So today we wanted to come back on the podcast and talk about, you know, most guys' favorite training goals, and that's muscle hypertrophy. So hypertrophy if you remember from AMP 101, just means growth, right? So hypertrophy can also be fat hypertrophy as far as putting in the beer gut and establishing the dad bod. Exactly where I'm at right now. (laughs) But we're really just talking about basic muscle hypertrophy here. And a lot of like the bodybuilding splits and stuff are geared towards, you know, putting on muscle mass. So, the biggest thing that you talk about whenever you talk about gaining muscle is, you know, A, you're going to gain a little bit of fat when you gain muscle. Like I said, hypertrophy just means growth. So you're going to add a little bit of muscle fat. You can do what, uh, I don't remember the guy's name right now. I wish I would give him credit for it, but he's a popular YouTuber. He's a pretty smart dude. But there's this term called main gaining. It's to where you just slowly gain muscle mass without putting on excess body fat. That's kind of where... I stay, even though, you know, my weight fluctuates four or five pounds throughout the year, plus the growth. But basically, I try to stay lean year-round. My body Mm -hmm. enjoys it. My jiu-jitsu game is best at my current body weight, so I try not to gain too much weight to throw my equilibrium off, to slow me down, anything like that. So I'm a huge fan of that. Other than that, when you start talking about doing, like, seasonal splits and, you know, your um, macro programming and all that stuff or excuse me your macro phases through periodization which literally just means a plan sounds like a big word sounds very complicated but it just means a plan you're gonna put on a little bit of fat in the winter time you're going to trim down in the summertime stay your leanest during the, or excuse me trim down during the springtime stay your leanest during the summertime and then come fall you start putting on that winter coat again that's how most things cycle through yeah or you about to say no. i didn't mean to cut you off i'm sorry no. Oh, okay. Where I'm at. I'm putting on my winter coat right now. <laughs> You're a little late on that one. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, you know, as you gain muscle mass, like I said, you're going to gain fat with it. So you may see the muscle definition going away, which makes you feel smaller. But overall, like if you do a DEXA scan or if you just watch the mirror and the scale at the same time, you're going to see that you're gaining. You know, I mean, in summertime, you look bigger when you start cutting down because you see that definition come out. You start seeing the rounded shoulders and all that stuff. And there's nothing wrong with changing it throughout the year. Like I said, the only reason I don't do it is because jujitsu is a year-round sport. I like Mm. staying in shape. I've never liked getting soft in the wintertime. I just don't, I don't feel good. Yeah, I'm not a fan of it, and here I am. (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) I am not like, you know, I like it. I like to walk around lean all year. Yeah. So the biggest thing about that is obviously controlling the diet. A lot of people eat more calories in the wintertime because, A, your body likes putting on that winter coat. You know I mean? People like to forget that overall we're just animals. We adapt to our environment. So it's pretty easy for people to lean out in the summertime. Normally you're doing more work outside. You're getting more accustomed to the hot weather and your body doesn't want to store fat. In the wintertime, it's the exact opposite. You're staying more inside. You know, that's not to say that you don't do stuff outside, but more of your activities are going to be inside. Mm. 
So it's easier just to, you know, get a couple less miles throughout the day, or I guess a couple less steps would Mm -hmm. be more accurate. Throughout the day, you know, the sun starts dropping a little bit later on or a little bit earlier, so you don't do a lot of the evening activities outside. So it's still pretty common. But the big thing is just, you know, watching your caloric intake, making sure everything maps out. Yeah. You know? And just not being a pansy. Like, put on extra layers, get a headlamp, those things. Yeah. And That's what I always of- tell. I mean, I, think I always end up, like, in my area, of my realm, everybody's like, oh, it's so cold and it gets dark. And I'm like, yeah, that's what they make cold weather clothing for and flashlights. I'm like, it's not a new technology. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anytime you start talking about sports performance, obviously you want to continue in that sport even in the off season. I think I've talked about on this podcast before. One of the things I hate about training high school and college athletes is day one, beginning of the next season, they're the same Mm -hmm. place they were last year because they took all summer off. They didn't practice any of their skill development. They didn't practice, you know, drills or anything like that. So they're starting back at square one every single year, hoping to catch up to the elite athletes. And they're just falling further and further behind the entire way. Yeah. That's what I was trying to explain to, you know, to my son and, you know, with, them have actually having track this year you know they they started track workouts four weeks before the first track meet i mean and they That's had no time they didn't even anything. have yeah they yeah. didn't have track last season and i'm like where's the workout portion of that where's the you know it's the next thing i you know i go i'm like hey what'd you guys do today it's like oh we ran concrete stairs up and down i'm like so well luckily you didn't break your neck you know at least at least that didn't happen today because the first thing you did was run stairs you know it's like not to mention (laughs) what are you doing again you know and and he's he's long he's doing a long jump and they you know they're trying to get him to do high jump but you know you don't teach high jump in three weeks no I mean, you're talking Unfortunately, about. Unfortunately, a lot of coaches nowadays think they can, yeah, but no, you can't. It's a lot of complex movement in there, mm-hmm. and then trying to get your brain to do multiple things at once. You know, it's, not to mention the injury prevention side yeah, of things. Yeah, exactly. Like, you're it's, literally flinging yourself on a 10, 12 foot pole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> things can go very bad very quickly, and right. you can't stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just so you know, and you can see that in a, a middle schooler, especially if you're, if you live in my house, the frustration level. Because, yeah. I mean, it's an athlete, an athletic hmm. house, but, you know, not like football, NFL, Super Bowl, athletic house, but actual athletic house. Yeah. <laughs> Athletes that live there, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and that's like they've asked, you know, about they've asked me to maybe coach swim, uh, swim team and stuff like that. And I'm like, you know, I don't mind doing that, but it's going to be different. Like they're going to train like I train. You know, mm-hmm. there's going to be, you know, training season there's going to be months where they're not in really doing much in a swimming pool they're actually in the gym doing most of the bulk of the work um it'll be the same way with you know anything else it's like soccer or anything else i mean there's there should be that strength you know downtime for strength training and all those things so yeah and a lot of that goes back to the periodization as well even Mm -hmm. when you're training athletes you're looking at you know, where does the strength portion fit in? Where does the power portion yeah. fit in? Where's your skill building taking place? Where's your recovery? Mm-hmm. All of that stuff. But anytime we're talking about 
you know, just looking for muscle hypertrophy, A, you have to lift consistently. That is literally the secret everybody keeps talking about in the fitness industry is be consistent. That's the only secret there is. That's Mm -hmm. the only little detail most people are missing is lift consistently. It's not that complicated. Just keep showing up. When you're talking about building muscle hypertrophy, you got to think that muscle atrophy begins at about three weeks after you stop lifting or you stop doing a particular muscle group. You yeah. know, the guys who have tiny legs, the leg day kills them. It's because they don't do leg yeah. day except once every couple of months. Yeah. So that's why right oh, there. Yeah. So being consistent is always, always going to be your best training tool. Just showing up to the damn gym. I don't care if you're just showing up and doing your favorites. You're going to yeah. get stronger at doing those favorites, and your body is going to recruit and build more muscle fiber towards those favorites. That's how the body works. That's what I was going to say. I mean, even if you're if, if the best you can do is – Pick out, you know, a workout from Men's Health magazine. Yep. As long as you stay consistent, you're going to see change. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it may not be optimized, but you're going to see it exactly. Yeah, and I mean, you can literally just do the basic warm or the basic workout that we talked about. Mm -hmm. You know, your squats, lunges, push-ups, jumping jacks, crunches. Mm -hmm. If you do those consistently and you make them a little bit more difficult, whether you add more reps or you take away the rest break or you start, you know holding some weight while doing the squats and elevate your feet while doing the push-ups. as long as you get some type of overload principle involved, mm-hmm. then you're going to see the growth. Yeah. You really will. And it's not going to happen overnight. You're not going to wake up the next morning being jacked. It's something you have to stay at. And that's the big problem with being consistent is whenever you first start lifting, much like when you start a new diet plan, you have that little honeymoon phase, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so like an inexperienced lifter, you can put 20 pounds on them in no time. Mm-hmm. I mean, like four or five months. And it isn't because they gained 20 pounds of muscle. It's because they volumize the muscle that they were barely using. Right. So their muscle fibers just pop up. They get some more water in them. They get a pump going. And they look like they've just put on a ton of muscle mass. And you really haven't. You've just volumized what you've already had and right. barely used your entire life. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> but once you get past that like six-month place then the changes are very gradual Mm -hmm. and then you get to like where me and you are where you've been doing this for 20 years man i've got to make huge changes just to see a little bit of extra development anywhere just because my body is so used to the training it's so used to the brutal workouts followed by the sauna followed by staying hydrated followed by the nutrition so it's used to those extremes of high intensity versus low intensity recovery and the nutritional aspect to go with it. So I've got to make pretty drastic changes to see anything going on, but I still stay at it. You know, the best part about it is it only takes like, what's the new number, like 19 or 21 days to build a habit. Yeah. Like 21, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So 21 days to build a habit and you're in that honeymoon phase for about four or five months. Yeah. So after that four or five months, you should already have that habit built. Mm-hmm. I go to the gym at 5.30 on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I do runs on the weekend. Like, you should already have that schedule built to where you feel bad if you don't do it. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. if you can just be consistent throughout that entire honeymoon phase, yeah. don't cancel on your training partner, don't cancel on your trainer, don't try to reschedule, get that, like, nailed down. Mm-hmm. You know, when I wake up every morning, I wake up, I put my pants on, I put deodorant on, I put a shirt on, I brush my teeth, I pee, I head out the door. Like that's step one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. And I've done that every single morning for the past, I don't know what I'm, 34, 
talking about like school age. So, well, ever since I was 10, so 25 years. Yeah, I've done it for yeah. like 30 something. So, that's what I'm saying. You I'm, wake up in the morning, put your t shirt on, you're like, wait, something's not right here. Yeah. Oh, I didn't put my pants on, put deodorant on first. Mm-hmm. Now I got to take my shirt back off, put oh, deodorant dude. on, put my shirt back. So, like, so that's what I'm saying. Like, that one routine that I've just constantly done every single yeah. morning. It feels weird when I take something out of step now. Oh, yeah. You know? If I go, like, yeah. If I wake I up and I'm like, oh, God, just busting to pee and I run pee first. Well, then, like, I'm like, oh, man. Like, wait, what comes next? No, I'm not ready to go out the door. Yeah. Okay, I got to put my pants on. You know, yeah. like, you have to restart. Mm-hmm. You have to, it's no longer automatic. You know what I mean? You have to put thought into the process. I mean, my, I'm so, like, to the T, my dog is even with me. Mm-hmm. Like, she sleeps in her bed in front of the fireplace in the living room at night. I come down, like, you know, years ago before she had built or we had built that habit together. Yeah. Like, as soon as she heard me come downstairs, she's up, eh, looking for attention. Yeah. But did she know that I come to the bottom of steps, I hook her right, I go straight to the back bedroom I, or my room I pop my watch off head to the head to the bathroom jump in the shower take well, do your man stuff jump in the shower <laughs> your um, or your person stuff uh, yeah. jump in the shower take a shower get out go get half dressed and then once I get all that stuff I head into the kitchen mm-hmm. and and then and now you know she's not even out of her bed until she hears me come into the kitchen and I come in the kitchen she's ready to eat so I feed her mm-hmm. That's it, man. I mean, dogs are creatures of habit too. You know, you know, it don't matter where we're at. Whenever four thirty rolls around, it's always looking at me like, "Why am I? Where's my food? Did you bring yeah. my food with me?" You know, so it's the same way even going just, out of town. Like if I have to go out, you know, for business or work or whatever, like that's one of the hard things because you know, usually if it's something like that, um, it's your twelve o'clock time. You're stuck in something. You know, you're in a class or, yeah. or whatever, a meeting or something. So it's like, well, you're missing that workout. So then it's like, I've got to try to cram in my workout before I go eat dinner. Mm-hmm. And then dinner is usually early because a lot of those conferences, the older folk like to eat at like five. And I'm like, <laughs> well, no, I really don't want to go in and do my workout with a full stomach. Yeah. You know, so or or I'm trying to get a run in. You know, so yeah, it just messes everything up and. You know, yeah, it throws me off. I, I hate it. A lot of people don't understand that either. I mean, they'll give you so much garbage for it. It's like, oh, you'll be fine if you miss here. No, you don't understand. Like, mm. I've been doing that so long, and it's ingrained in me that that is what time I need yeah. to be doing that. And for me to maximize what I need to maximize, that's the time for me to do it. Yep. That's the best time <laughs> for me. But still, you get that, you'll be fine. It's not going to hurt you to miss. I'm like, yeah. eh. maybe not, but it is mentally. Yeah, and, well, that's one thing about it, too. It isn't just that, like, missing that one workout is going to hurt you, but missing that one workout is building the habit mm-hmm. to this isn't a priority come 12 o'clock. Right. Yeah. Work's a priority come 12 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, two weeks down the line, well, I already skipped that one to get some work done. I'm just going to skip this one to get some work done, too. You know, so it starts following on the priority list. When it used to be, it's not a priority, it's a habit. It's something yeah. that gets done before everything else. So that's one of the biggest things about missing it when you're out of town. You know, every time we mm-hmm. go on vacation, me and my wife take a set of kettlebells yeah. with us, usually a TRX strap. That way we can continue working out hard down there. Mm-hmm. And it isn't like I'm, you know, punishing myself for, you know, eating off schedule or no. anything else. It's just that, A, it's something that I enjoy doing, especially working out on the beach, man. Yeah. I love that. Doing it right in front of the beach house, throw the TRX around the top yeah. banister. It's just great. Well, it's and just- two, 
you get to see the or the people around you get to see that the habits are still there too. Right. You know, I mean, you're making an impact on your entire family when you work out on vacation. Oh yeah, I mean, it ain't like you're talking to them about eating good and working out, and then you're with them, yeah, twenty four seven for a week, and you're like, well, you ate like shit, and I didn't see you do a single push up. Like, yeah. what do you mean? Yeah, I mean, and they know with me, like, well, I'm gonna be up at you know, for the coast, I'm gonna be up at five a.m. and out the door for a run at least three or four of those days yeah you know they already know that mm-hmm. how far did you run a day you know 20 miles whatever but it's i guess the big thing like once you start to see the you know the payoff you know the results mm-hmm. that's what really kind of locks in like for me like i'm getting older but i'm getting better and stronger and faster the stuff i like to, it's again i'm getting better and faster at the things I, like, I love to do um so you start to see that and you go well yeah this stuff's really important because i wouldn't be where i'm at if it weren't for those things if it yeah. weren't for you know the workouts if it weren't for if it wasn't for the nutrition and the food and you know being on you know being consistent uh i wouldn't be where i'm at so once you actually start to build that and you see the, the results, it's a lot easier to build a habit mm-hmm. around those results. Oh, yeah. Like I said, that's what keeps people ingrained into it. So number one is always going to be consistency. And that's going to be whether your goal is to get better at a sport or whether it's to gain muscle mass, to gain raw explosive power, to burn fat. Consistency is always number one. Nothing else compares to consistency if your consistency is off none of the other factors matter all right so the second factor that we looked at or that we look at is what we call time under tension i actually did a blog post about this that got shared on a lot of different um facebook pages i called it king tut the number one principle for gaining muscle i wrote this like eight years ago i think it's the first year i worked here i don't even think i was full-time when i wrote that blog post And it's been shared a bunch of times since then. I'm very happy about that. It's one of my most successful blog posts. But basically, anytime you look at time under tension, it's how long you're spending under the weight. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people don't know this, but I'm sure you heard of the rep range split Mm -hmm. up, right? So your hypertrophy rep range is 8 to 16 reps. Well, actually, the reps don't have much to do with it whatsoever. Whenever the original study was done, I believe it was by ACSM the American College of Sports Medicine, they found that your muscle fibers take in the most damage in quotation marks because, you know, anytime you're working out, you're creating damage to the muscle fibers that your body has to use protein to rebuild Mm -hmm. to gain new muscle fibers and stronger, thicker muscle fibers. The time was actually about 30, I think it was 35 or 37 to like 45 or 47 seconds under tension. Mm -hmm. And when you break that down, that's about eight to 16 reps, depending on how hard you're pushing. So it isn't actually the rep range whatsoever. It's how long the muscles were under tension right. for a given percentage. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty easy to gauge percentage off of eight to 12 reps. You know what your one rep max is. You can just knock it off, go to 60 to 70%. And that should be, excuse me, that should be about your eight to 12 rep range. So you can right. bump that up to 16 as well. But a lot of people get stuck in that, too, and they think that everything just needs to be 8 by 12, 8 by 12. Oh. We got four sets of this, 8 by 12. We got three sets of this, 8 by 12. That's not a hard and fast rule. That's just like your sweet spot. Mm-hmm. 
you know, there's nothing saying that if you're on bench press, you can't bump it up to a heavy set of four at the end, get a little extra damage done, in mm-hmm. quotation marks, obviously. Get a little extra damage done, and then on your accessories, stick to that 8 to 12, maybe for incline press or incline flies, go for a set of 20. You know, you can still play outside of that rep range. You don't have to stay nailed down in that rep range. Yeah. And two, you know, I've never met a power lifter with small shoulders. Oh, you yeah. know, so the more weight you can move, the more your body's going to adapt to moving that weight. Right. So you can definitely put some size on. That's one of the big things that people are talking about, like what's the best exercise for um, bicep growth, triceps. I was like, well, if you ever look at a world record holder in bench press or deadlift, none of them have small arms. Yeah. So how about we just move some very heavy weight? I thought, I think I saw, what was that, um, like Friday maybe? I think Rob posted something about he was doing arms that day, and it was like 25 sets of curls. It was mm-hmm. like 100, 100 reps or something. I was like, oh, yeah. about lost my cookies there because I'm like, holy crap. Like, I mean, and I, I haven't done like strict curls in a, in a while, mm-hmm. you know, but that's that's pretty rough. Oh, yeah. But yeah, that'll nothing, do the trick. Yeah, I was about to say, like, one of the big things you're looking at is how much damage can you take, yeah, right? Yeah. So and if you throw it. in a couple hundred rep sets here and there, obviously, you know, keeping yeah. proper form. Yeah. I know some people, they knock in or they throw in 100 reps, 60 of them are them swinging their back, oh, shooting yeah. their hips forward yeah. like a modified kettlebell swing yeah. to get should the barbell just, up. Just should have stuck with 25. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, like you still want to have good form. So you can break it up four sets, 25. You know, we talked about the way yeah. you break up rep ranges before. But there's nothing wrong working those in occasionally. But if you do, you know, four weeks of 100 reps of everything, you're going to do so much damage your body can't rebuild right. that. Right. So that's one of the things, too, is yeah, you're looking at time under tension, and that's going to really depend on what your recovery can be like. Yeah. Right? And that's going to be different for every lifter. That's going to be different for the enhanced guys versus the natural guys. You know, you always want to look at what your recovery like. Let's say you knock out that 100 rep or that 100 rep bar, uh, barbell curl, excuse me. And let's say you're sore for five days after that. Well, that's at least one workout that you weren't able to go as hard as you possibly could because your biceps are so tore up. And that's going to matter, especially if you had chin-ups program. Like, say you did the 100 reps on bicep barbell curl. And then on Monday and Wednesday, you were supposed to do four sets of 10 chin-ups. Well, you couldn't get your chin-ups in because your biceps were still on fire and your grip kept giving out. Yeah. So you think that worked for you or against you? You're not able to hit those big muscle bodies because the assisting muscle bodies or smaller muscle bodies are so burnt out you can't do the full workout. Right. You know, so you kind of want to temper it to where it's at. Normally, I do the 100 rep stuff on like Fridays or Wednesdays if it's on legs. Like if I'm doing 100 leg extensions, then I'll pop that out on Wednesday because I know I'm not going to do legs again for a couple days. On Fridays, I don't work out on Saturday or Sunday, so I can do whatever on Friday. Well, not whatever, within reasonable means, obviously. So I can do that on Friday, and I got Saturday, Sunday to kind of lick my wounds and stay in the fetal position. And then Monday, I can go at it again. Mm-hmm. So you really want to look at your overall programming as far as to when to add those days in. The biggest issue is not putting in enough work. Now, with most people, honestly, it isn't that they don't put in enough work. It's that they don't have the intensity. Right. right? Like you were talking about before, just grabbing a muscle and fitness magazine, looking at the cookie cutter workout of the week. That's perfectly fine. As long as you're going to the intensity that you need to be going to, you're going to get some muscle growth off of that. Right. You really are. I mean, you can't lift heavy weights without causing damage. Yeah. 
But what's your recovery like? Are you staying hydrated? Are you getting in enough protein? Are you getting in enough fat and carbohydrates to fuel that workout and to recover to where you don't just crash afterwards? Kind of like me right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll talk about you right now in a second. (laughs) (laughs) You're kind of on the outskirts of muscle hypertrophy. Yeah. So, but yeah, so you always want to look at that. So your consistency is always going to be number one. Your time under tension when it comes to muscle development is going to be number two. Your recovery is going to be after that. You know, like I said, I really like the infrared sauna. I feel like that gives me plenty of energy because it's knocking down a lot of the inflammation in my body, slowing me down. And two, you want to have a surplus of calories, right? That's what's going to help your body heal. Obviously, you want to have in plenty of protein, but you want to make sure that your carbohydrates and your fats are pretty well balanced out. You know, if you're doing a ketogenic diet, that's fine. They're still in balance. They're just, they're different percentages than a person not doing ketogenic will be. So when I say balance, I don't mean 50-50 split. I just mean that you have everything marked up. You're on track with your diet plan. So through that, and a lot of people are doing the TKD now or the CKD or whatever KD you want to make it to where you get in extra carbohydrates around your workouts and for your recovery afterwards. Kind of like I used so, to do like 20 years ago, 10 yeah. years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, whichever model you're following, follow it to the T. Don't like fudge it and then say it don't work. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I love about Oh, I tried ketogenic. It just, it didn't work for me. Oh, are you tracking all your foods? No, I just kind of like ate more fat. I'm like, see, so weren't doing keto. You were just half-assing keto. Yeah. Like you can't do high fat and high carb. That's yeah. a terrible idea. Yeah, that's a good way to die. <laughs> yeah. Sooner. Yeah, but no, track your macros. Make sure everything's good. Make sure you're getting protein in. Water intake is always, always important. Your muscle's 70% water. Your muscle fiber's 70% water. So that's where creatine comes in, gives you a little extra boost of water into those muscle fibers to help volumize it. But yeah, so we got um, that, obviously, again, progressive overload you always want to look for that if you're lifting the exact same weight if i do bench press four sets of six with 230 pounds for six months straight it's going to lose its effectiveness Mm -hmm. after the first couple weeks it's not going to feel as intense so what do you have to do then you have to add some more weight there you go that's the biggest thing i can't tell you how many times clients come in and I'm like, all right, we're doing overhead press. All right, cool. They grabbed 15 pounds. Two weeks later, all right, we're warming up overhead press. Cool. They grabbed the 15 pounds. Yeah. Again, two weeks later, overhead press. They grabbed the 15 again. I'm like, we, uh, we've been doing that for a month now. How about we try the 20s this time? And then they grab them, knock it out, no problem. I'm like, oh, how about that? Yeah. So then in the following workout, we move up to the 25s for lower reps. And I kind of like teeter-totter them up to where they don't realize how much heavier they're going. A lot of times I tell my clients which weight to grab. That way they're just out of the discussion altogether. It's like with everything, man. It's like you just got to do it. It's like push-ups. I always hear people, I can't even do 10 push-ups. I'm like, okay, well then do five push-ups. And do five push-ups for a month. Every day for a month, do five push-ups. I guarantee you. In a month, you'll be able to do 10 push-ups because five are going to be like, this is easy. Yeah. Like, I mean, now, you know, I, and I've I just made it a point to do, I, I, I enjoy doing push-ups. So I do push-ups every single day. Yeah. I do at least 100, if not more, every day. When I get up in the morning, I'll start doing push-ups. 
and you know you get to the point where 100 you can do 100 push-ups in two or three minutes oh, and you're yeah. done you know and it's like okay now i'm gonna do 150 push-ups yeah. it's the same way with weight mm-hmm. i don't know it's like i don't know if people just have it in their mind it's oh, well, I, oh I of course it's, it is part it's of it's mental. comfort yeah it's mental and it's comfort well i'm comfortable yeah. doing it this way i maybe I, I might just sweat a little bit on the last two reps yeah but i'm comfortable with it because I know if I add another 10 pounds, it's going to be really hard. Mm-hmm. And I might get a hemorrhoid or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I bulk- might get bulky. Yeah. I don't want to get bulky. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> but no, and I have clients that are like that too. So I kind of have to play little mental games with them. So let's say they're just stuck on 20 pounds is the most I can do overhead for 12 reps. I'm like, cool. So we're going 25 for six to eight reps. You know, you give them a way out. I always give them a rep range to start out with. That way they know they can get six, but they may be able to get eight. And now just kind of look for the like verbal and nonverbal cues as to how hard they're pushing. Then after that, you know, a couple weeks later, I let them forget about it. Now we're getting thirties for eight push press. So we're taking strict press off the table. And then usually, you know, we have the discussion about the difference between a press and a put or a strict press and a push press using that leg drive, right? Mm-hmm. So now they got 30s in their hands, and they're going for eight reps. And to them, they just remember it was eight overhead presses, yeah. right? They don't remember the push press and yeah. how hard they were actually using their legs to throw the weights up. Mm-hmm. So a couple weeks later, we're grabbing the 30s for eight strict press. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I've had 30s overhead before. Let's do that. Yeah. You know, so you're kind of like teeter-tottering back and forth with them, and I'm changing slight things to make it easier slash harder slash easier slash harder. Yeah. And that way they're going up in weights and they don't even realize it. And then whenever you tell them to grab 35s, we have this whole cycle again, right? Maybe I have them do one-handed 35 overhead press with the push press just to work on that core, get a little extra balance in there. So the more you mix it up, the more not only they forget about how heavy they were going, but the fear of the weight's gone completely. Yeah. I can't tell you how many women I've had in here and I tell them, all right, grab the 30s. We're doing RDLs. I'm like, 30. 30 pounds, I can barely get those off the rack. I'm like, yeah, but we're not using your arms today. We're using your butt. And then they start doing the RDLs. I'm like, I think I can go up. I'm like, cool, let me grab those for you. So that way I take the fear of them getting it on and off the rack, completely off tape. I set them on bench. They pick them up off the bench. They do that. And then we move to a barbell. I mean, they hardly ever ask how heavy the barbell is because you got in both hands and don't feel that heavy. You know, you hold a 45-pound barbell in both hands with a shoulder-width grip, and then you grab a single 45-pound dumbbell, they feel very different. It's different. Yeah. So we just get that, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that was easy. We'll slide some 15s on there. You know, so now I've got them close to 100 pounds, and they're like, I feel good with this. Like, yeah. yeah. I know. It's amazing how that works, ain't it? But am I going to get bulky? Exactly. <laughs> Beat people, I swear. That's the – I love having that conversation, but I hate having that conversation at the same time. Yeah. And my answer 100% of the time now is always, look, there's about 10 million men on this planet trying to get bulky, working out yeah. five days a week. You're not going to do it accidentally, I promise. Yeah. I'm like, well, I guess. I'm like, how about we just do it? You start getting too bulky, we'll start backing it off and doing some jazzercise. It's just like get rid of the bulky part and stay shapely. Yeah. Well, and that's what women want is whenever they come in, they're like, I just want to tone up this area. Mm-hmm. Well, tone up tells me you want some muscle hypertrophy to round it out and some fat burn 
to show the definition. Mm -hmm. So you're trying to get some muscle hypertrophy in there and you're trying to burn off some fat. So toning up is muscle hypertrophy. It's getting bulky. But yeah, women aren't going to get the big lumpy muscles that men will get because A, you ain't got testosterone. B, you got to try real hard to get that way. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, nobody's accidentally getting Ask muscle. Me, I know. It took a lot of years and a lot of work. Mm. Yep. So now we're going to tear into your personal issue. And everybody says, hey, I got to look like a runner. Mm. So what's your personal issue today? Oh, I don't uh, Which personal issues? Are we talking about like work personal issues or just in general personal How issues? How is work personal issues? How's that work? Hey, you have you work know? issues and you have personal issues. My work so. ties into my my career, ties into my work, ties into my personal, yeah. Well, it's just dumb. You should isolate those big time. Yeah. But no, should. I'm talking about you and the 12-hour run that you did that's got you like all uh, sore I mean, and I'm not, bloated. Honestly, I'm not really sore. Um, I wonder why that is. A little bulk. Might be Maybe because you're bloated. bloated. I yeah. don't know. Not much. You a little soft. Water weight. A little water weight. Yeah. I can feel it in my legs or in yeah. my midsection. But again, that's inflammation because you did what? 50? 50, almost 55. 54 and a half. 54 and a half in 12 hours. So yeah. like, I'd be concerned if you weren't carrying a little bit yeah. of inflammation right but now. As far as sore goes, man, like I had, you know, I got up yesterday and I felt good when I got up yesterday morning. It didn't take me long to get adjusted. Um, <laughs> It's amazing what kettlebells do for you. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, I got up, went downstairs, and I did. Uh, I did. I did a little baddie bad. I did eat some bojangles because I was just like, I want some crappy. Dude, you're um, on 55 miles in 12 hours. Like, yeah, so I don't was get like, mad when you eat some bojangles. Right. It's I was okay. like, man, a bojangles biscuit would be awesome. That mm. Cajun fillet was pretty good. Um, so yeah, I felt pretty good. Now I, I I had to get up. I mean, I I made sure I I set my watch and I got up and I walked up the stairs. I walked down the stairs because it's you know every about every hour or so I'd start to feel get that rigor mortis setting in my hips and stuff. <laughs> yeah. and start getting a little sore and stiff. So I'd get up and walk and loosen everything up, which I think helped a lot. Um, uh, but about about two thirty yesterday, man, I was sitting there and I'm just like, oh my god, head started. to... It started to bob. I'm like, I'm wore out. And then, you know, felt good today. Came in, did my workout. I didn't go crazy heavy today, but still the range of motion was good. Everything felt good. Nothing hurt. Um, did some stretching afterwards. Yeah, the only thing I'm really dealing with right now is just being tired. Like at 2 o'clock or about 2.30, I was doing some work, and all of a sudden it just was like, bam. I'm like, oh, Lord. I can't keep my eyes open. Yeah, so, and that's the thing about it. I mean, even though you're a pretty proficient runner and you've got a ton of experience and you're still looking at like a week to nine days recovery time oh, yeah. to get back to a hundred, you know I mean? You're going to feel like working out and you're going to feel your energy level spike back up over the next couple of mm-hmm. days. But when you look at like just the metabolic damage that you did, you're easily looking at seven, nine days recovery yeah. from that. Maybe even longer, depending on how serious you take your recovery. Yeah. I would say, stretch every day make sure that you stay over hydrated to help flush out that metabolic waste that's generally what i do yeah. i mean that's generally hit my approach if you get hit the sauna a couple of days this week i do got a I would, I would like to do that um but i've also got a i got a uh, talk to shay see if i can hook you up i got a massage a 90 minute massage for my birthday i'm gonna try to cash in this week get mm-hmm. that done deep tissue I that's a good to plan too um but yeah other than that <clears throat> i actually feel really well considering 
Excellent, man. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. I mean, I got called bulky quite a bit, but. Well, you don't fit the runner's mold, especially can't. not the 12-hour endurance runner's mold. Can't so. fit the runner's shorts either, apparently. <laughs> I mean, you fill them out. It's just you don't yeah. look the part. I fill them out. Yeah. They get stuck in certain places. <laughs> <laughs> Contest, oh, tug of war contest. Yeah, yeah. But yep. you know So one question I always ask after something like this is what was the nutrition like? Um during the event, were you like eating heavy stuff throughout? Were you just doing light snacking throughout? So I'm I'm a bit of a mixer. because um, I've tried about everything because 'cause I've done I've been an endurance athlete for so long. So, you know, back years and years and years ago, I you know, prescribed to the pretty much liquid jellified diet. Everything was liquid or She's not doing any solid food back then, no. Oh, God. Um, now, now, that stuff really messed me up. Yeah, um, imagine so. I had a lot of gut issues and, like, during races, I you know, had issues with sickness. But then I watched, I saw a lot of younger folks out there that were really good runners really struggling with nutrition this past weekend and they were in the same place where i used to be because they were i mean they were like i said they were great run they're great runners but uh i think there was a there was a younger guy there he's probably in his mid-20s um he was there uh trying to break a record and apparently he tried to break the record last year and they ended up with uh gut issues i mean he ended up sure. throwing up and yeah. yada 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 well guess what same thing this year. Doesn't even get well. I think he might have got halfway. I don't even know. I don't think he got halfway. Same issues. And I was watching him, paying attention. And I'm like, you know, that's what I used to do. It was always a flask filled with some sort of, you know, goo, yeah. really high sugar stuff. Huh. Uh, you just grab a squirt ball and squeeze it down your throat, and there's your nutrition. Yeah, but man, he had a year. Yeah. To talk to people, talk to trainers, talk to other athletes, yeah. figure out what went um, wrong last year, and he yeah. didn't fix the problem. So that yeah. shows zero progress right. that he's made in the past year now, as an athlete. I mean, I'm gonna be, I'm not taking anything away from the guy because like he was drilling. I mean, he was killing it the whole time. He yeah. didn't slow down the whole time. But when you saw him go, he went. You know, it's just, yeah. it's just you saw he started walking. You know, puke all over him. You know. Yeah, but if you're going for a world record. Right. Everything should be yeah. dialed in. Yeah. Completely dialed in. You don't mm -hmm. leave anything to chance when it comes to that. Yeah. So, you know, I've kind of morphed mine into, you know, I tried the whole, you know, for I spent a couple of years screwing around with the keto stuff, trying to be, you know, trying to race on no fuel, trying to yeah. race on just being fat and doing the fasted 50Ks um, you and all know, that stuff. There's some people that are amazing athletes that are doing it 100 miles and 200 miles fasted, yeah. whatever. I, I tried it, I couldn't do it. I can I could finish the race, but I felt terrible. Um, so now I'm 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 kind of doing a lot more uh, solid foods, um, and then you know light snacking. So usually I will once I hit once I get into about that ninety minute range, um, or between between the thirty minute and the ninety minute range, I'll hit hit gels, light snacks. Uh, uh, bit of my uh, my spring energies are actually food because I actually use nut butters and things in their gels. Not just it's not sugar. Yeah. Um, so I went to those, which those have been a lifesaver because they do not bother my stomach at all. 
So those are kind of in-betweens, and then once I hit like that, once I get to that 90-minute mark, I'll do something solid like a, I did. It, I do uh, turkey and cheese wraps on uh, gluten-free wraps. Yeah. Um, I'll down one of those, um, you know, with a handful of salted chips or pickles, um, and then keep going. I'll hit another gel. And then, you know, once that, once I hit that 90 minute mark again, I'll have another wrap or something like that. So you just keep hitting that same cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good um, and I keep like those, uh, those pretzel, uh, pillows with the peanut butter in them. Yeah. Those are one of my favorites cause I can grab a handful of them and just snack on them while I'm moving, uh, wash it down with water, of course. Yeah. And then about every hour on there, I'll, I'll hit a, you know, electrolyte salt tablet as well as what I've got, I got in my bottle. And that's really worked for me. I since yeah, that's what I did at the Yeti, um, and I had no problems um, eating food. But that's one of those things like you literally have to find what works and you have to try it <laughs> to make sure because it's not going to work for everybody. No, no. you know. Um, no. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Cool, man. All right. Well, I'm glad you had a good weekend, and yeah. I gotta get out of here because I got clients out there waiting on me. And I got a nap waiting on me. There we go. Perfect. All right, y'all. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Later on the man, Jay.